0: Welcome to the AmeTophobia podcast. Casey here today. I am joined by my wonderful girlfriend, Geraldine. Hello.
1: Um, oh yeah, hello. I almost said say hello,
0: but you said hello. <laughs> so um, today we're gonna like go over what it's like to be a significant other who doesn't have emetophobia, and you're dating somebody who does. So we're just gonna like I'm just gonna ask my girlfriend some questions about what it's like to date a guy like myself, and uh, hopefully this can help some people out who are either wondering about dating somebody with a metaphobia, or have friends with metaphobia, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, if you want to introduce yourself and just give the little like quick rundown of who you are, that'd be great.
1: Uh, my name is Gerilyn and I live in Northern Michigan. Um, uh, 22 and I have a really fat cat named Oliver.
0: There you go. That's, that's perfect. Okay. So, um, we were just discussing a little bit before this, but um, I just want to ask, like, when when it comes to my weird little OCD things, like checking dates or, like, my mints looking like they're wet so I can't eat them or, like, um, uh, pizza that's been sitting out all night or something, like, shit like that, how do you deal with that as a significant other, like, without being frustrated at me or getting, like, mad? Like, what's what's your process?
1: Um, so, as difficult as it may be sometimes, you just kind of have to, like, let your partner do it you just have to be okay with letting shit get thrown out every once in a while like even if you know it's good and even though you know the mints are good and there's not really a problem you just have to respect them because you love them and you do need to have some sort of realist realism with with them as in like you know this is you know just your metophobia. sometimes I have to just tell Casey like can you just handle this or do we need to throw this away? Is it this big of a deal or can you get over it? Like you kind of have, I feel like you should test them a little bit, but not push them too much out of their comfort zone to where you're going to make them uncomfortable. So you just, yeah, you kind of just have to be uncomfortable yourself and, um just like throw the shit away let them do it every once in a while
0: i think the biggest thing is don't make me feel like shit because i am having like a hard time with something that's my only yes. big thing and i think a, a, a significant other should be supportive of their other their significant other and say like you know i'm here for you if you need me if you don't need me it's cool like we can just chill if you need a moment to hang out and just like be yourself for a moment and like get over this this like cuz like sometimes i just have these weird little moments where i'm just like nauseous and i just need like 5 minutes to chill and just like calm myself down for a second and just be okay. And it's like people don't understand that sometimes, but it's nice to have somebody who I can like
1: right, latch yeah.
0: onto and feel comfortable around and not feel like I'm going to be like yelled at to hurry the fuck up and like just get over it type shit. Exactly. You know what like
1: I mean? you treat people how you want to be treated. If you're in, in an uncomfortable situation, you wouldn't want somebody just yelling at you or huffing and rolling their eyes and being like, "Come on, really? <laughs> like, why are you doing this here?" I mean, you can't, you can't help anxiety. I mean, it just comes in waves. You don't know when it's going to hit you. So I. Yeah, it, it can be very frustrating, but you just got to do what you can do. And yeah, treat people how you want to be treated. If you don't want to be treated like a burden, then don't treat others like that.
0: Sure. Very well said. So I, I kind of want to go into the whole hangover like situation and talk about it a little bit. But, okay. Um, so just huge trigger warning already. Um. But recently I had a really bad hangover from 4th of July. Um. I drank... How many beers do you think I had? Like, like eight? eight. Yeah, like eight a lot. Beers. And I I haven't drank in like three months or four months, however long it's been. And even when I did drink, I was only drinking like one or two beers, if that. You know, I was very selective. So 4th of July was weird where I was just uh, having a good time and everything was kind of flowing. I felt good. I had a good dinner. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to have a beer. Just I was just going to have one. And then we went, ended up going on a boat. So I had another one and then another one. Then we got back and I had another one for the fire and then one more. And it just kept going and going and going. So, I
1: definitely realized that I, I feel like I should have uh, cut you off maybe, but um, at the same time, uh, if you know Casey, which you probably have just from hearing him, he's very, very mature and responsible, and he knows what he's talking about. So I let a grown man do his thing for the <laughs> night. I mean, it's the 4th of July, you know?
0: Which in any so, other situation would have been amazing, and like that's what I want. But in this one, I was way drunk by the end of the night, which I didn't feel that drunk. But I think I just had so much alcohol in me at that point that, like, I was just, you know, it was just, I didn't feel it anymore. Um, But, yeah, we ended up getting back, and I was, like, pretty drunk. We ended up going to sleep in the tent. I didn't really drink any water. I remember having, like, one bottle of water, and I think I ate some Cheez-Its. I remember just smashing some Cheez-Its for, like, five minutes, and that was about it. So I didn't eat very much. I didn't drink very much water. I sat on a boat in the sun for most of the day uh, and then got out and went outside and was outside again all night. So it was just a lot of, like... In the sun, very dehydrated. I woke up on Sunday morning, I think it was, or Monday morning. I can't remember. The day after Fourth of July, and I was good for about 10 minutes, and then I 30 minutes or so, and then I sat down and I got the worst nausea. And this is where the trigger warning starts. Okay, so if anybody has emetophobia and can't handle uh, talking or hearing about anything like you know throw up wise, then now's the time to turn this episode off because I'm going to talk a little bit graphically for a moment. So what happened? basically i woke up and i sat by the fire for a minute and i got really nauseous to the point where i was like sweating and it was like really bad where i was so empty and just so nauseous and i felt like i had to like go to the bathroom obviously and like i had really bad diarrhea i was just really dehydrated and so i got up and i walked away and when i did i like gagged as i got up and like almost dry heaved so i was like oh my god i need to go just be away from everybody right now so i went and hid in my van i did the normal like you know, hide away type emetophobia coping mechanism that everybody does. And so I just wanted to be away from everyone. I didn't want anybody to see me be sick. I didn't want to feel sick around people. I was just like, let me be by myself. So I grabbed a bottle of water, I drank some of it. And every time I would drink water, I'd feel even worse and like just sick and sick and sick. And like the worst nausea I've ever felt, where like my mouth started to get like watery, you know, and like my throat started to close up a little bit. And it was just like really scary. Um, and finally, I went inside for a while. Laid down in the air conditioning, started getting really cold, having panic attacks, like just really sick still. just I was trying to drink water and eat, but I just couldn't because nothing sounded good. Everything was making me sick. So I was like, I just need to like chill. Finally, I walked outside. I just chugged a big old gulp or like two big gulps of water, walked out on the porch and sat down. And when I did... Um I just felt really 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 sick to the point where I couldn't even control like hold it in anymore So I ended up walking to the end of the porch I ended up gagging and like dry heaving a couple of times And then I looked at my girlfriend who was standing there on the phone talking to somebody and i'm like hey I need help like now So I walked down the side of the house and I dry heaved a couple more times or like one more time However, many times it was super traumatic My eyes were watering but she was there for me the whole time rubbing my back and like just there for me You know, that's what I needed. It was just somebody to stand there for me Uh, This whole story is to just say like as a significant other she did the perfect thing in that situation She even said like I know you don't need me here But like I just feel like I need to be here So I'm just gonna be here and it was like perfect So she really made me feel better about it after the dry heaving part um, I still felt like shit, but I was like feeling better at that point. So I drank more water and I like ended up driving myself home and I just kind of chilled the whole day. And then the next day I felt a lot better. And now, I mean, this is like a week later, I feel like hundred percent now, but it was just a, a crazy situation, but it also gave me a little bit of exposure therapy, um, with the whole nausea thing and the dry heaving, which like I've never experienced that. It, it was the most intense, like gag I've ever had in my life where it felt like my, my entire insides were going to come out of me. I was like, Oh my God. So after doing that and going through that, I feel a lot stronger, a lot more like I have a grasp on my emetophobia. Now I know I'm not going to die if I get sick. Like, I'm fine. I'm just going to go the next day. And I, I not that I want to be sick. I'm still afraid of it. Yes. But like, I just feel so much more comfortable and like at ease with it. I know that like it could happen any day and it's just like I'm human. So I need to accept it and just move on, you know, and that's kind of, I think the biggest part of emetophobia. I just went on a huge rant. Sorry, I didn't let you talk very much. Oh no, you're um, fine. It but, needed yeah. to be
1: talked about. It was
0: just I wanted to let the story out because it's very exciting and like it was one of those big steps forward in my metaphobia where I almost like actually threw up. Like it's huge. It's such yeah. a crazy thing to have happened. You
1: overcame it, and, and you I overcame were very, it. Very, very strong. And I'm
0: fine. Yeah. And I'm just like living my life again. And it, it's I feel good again. And I'm just I know it's just because of the alcohol and being dehydrated. I know I'm not gonna ever do that again. I don't want to fucking drink. That was like the worst idea. It was a fun night. Don't get me wrong. One of the best nights I've had. I was very just like loosey goosey all night and having a great time but oh way too much alcohol. Oh the aftermath just oh, is the not aftermath. worth it. It was not <laughs> worth it, dude. I don't I, I still think back to that moment where I felt those feelings and like it still gets me worked up but I'm like it's one of those things I learned with with emetophobia a long time ago. This is a little tip for people who have a metaphobia. I might have brought it up before, but um If you go back to the last time you were sick, and you think about it, and you think about what happened afterwards, um, some people may have had a traumatic moment, so maybe don't think about it that hard, but um, just think about the fact that you made it out, and you're alive now, and you're now living another day, and you still have gotten sick before, and you're fine. So it's like, you know, there's a moment in your life where you've probably been sick, so you, you just think back to that. Mine was like for Valentine's Day, I got sick after I ate a lot of chocolate, and that's like what I think about. That's the last time I was actually like physically ill, and... After I had, after I got sick, I felt fine, and I actually went and ate more chocolate. So, it's just one of those things where I kind of laugh about it in my head now, and I just think about it as like more of a positive thing, and saying like, you know, it's not the end of the world if I get sick. Everybody gets sick every once in a while. We just have to accept it and move on, and not make it the main priority of our day. You know what I mean? That's the big problem. Is like that's what's not normal. Is like constantly honing in on only that all day. That's where it becomes a problem. So that's what I'm trying to get away from, and I've been really doing well with that. So. Um, all right, back to the questions here. Sorry. Back on topic. Um,
1: um, can I just add something yeah, go in? on. Sure. Um, so, going back to um, being a bystander on the situation that happened on the 4th, um, well, I guess the 5th. Sure. Um, yeah. It definitely is scary. And, you know, somebody that doesn't have emetophobia, but I still... You know, I don't. I don't think anybody really likes the fact of throwing up, or sure. it definitely makes me uncomfortable. And so, being around it definitely put me um, not at ease, I Jeez. guess you could say. But, right. uh, but you just have to be supportive. You know that you you need to almost take on the. Um, like you know, when when uh, your partner isn't doing as as well in certain aspects of life, you pick up their slack. You you have to do that. You have to be the bigger person sometimes, make and you have yeah. to yeah, you have to make compromises. And I wouldn't even call that a compromise. Sure, I would just but. say that yeah, just if you love your partner, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, healthy ones, I guess you could say, but um, definitely uh, be there for them when they need that. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's uncomfortable. I, I didn't really know what to do in the situation. I was like awkwardly rubbing his back as he's like sweating. And it was definitely awkward for me. I, I felt out of place and I felt like maybe he didn't want me there. But at the end of the day, when we talked afterwards, he did. And it was really nice that I could be there for him when, so he wasn't alone, you know, during that really traumatic time. I mean...
0: Yeah. And it made I can it only
1: imagine, it was you know, such
0: a, like without you there, I don't know what I would have I felt like I was going to pass out. And like, I remember my eyes were watering so bad that I, I like, I just was so frozen. I could not move. My eyes were watering. I didn't want to blink. Even I was just like trying to hold it in as much as I could. Cause like, my entire life, I've been really good at just not getting sick. I'm just good at just sitting there. I hold in the nausea. I don't deal with, I just sit there, you know, I'm just cool. But this one was like different where I couldn't like do anything about it. My body was just making up the, the choice for me. It was like, you're going to do this and you do have no choice. And I was just like, so scared because I'm like, no, I get to choose not you motherfucker. And I got mad at like almost my own self for being like, you know getting sick like that and I was like dude I'm really good at holding this shit in how could I not do this for myself and it just made me feel shitty but at the same time it was just it was crazy it was super crazy
1: and and it's very easy to make yourself feel like crap you know for not being in control of certain things but I just had to keep saying look babe it's not your fault yeah, it wasn't like your my fault. your body. You can't control your body sometimes. I mean, it was my you, fault, but it, yeah, okay. You know but, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you just you can't always control your you know body at times, and it kind of sucks, and it it makes you really s- even more scared because you know that's the one thing you feel like you can be in control of. So when mm. you're not, it's definitely a little slap in the face. But also, like you just have to accept it. It's not your fault. You're not a piece of shit for it. No. And yeah.
0: I want to bring up <laughs> one more thing too. So as a metaphobia people, like we are, um, you, or I just want to like throw like a whole, um, hypothetical at you here. This is what happened to me in this situation. So, um, I was in a place. I was not very, I mean, I'm familiar with it. It's just a, it's a nice cabin that we go to for our little vacations and stuff. Uh, but we had a bunch of family there that, that lives there. Obviously we were visiting them, but, um, so we went there and it was like, it was okay because I felt comfortable, but at the same time, I'm in a very enclosed space with a lot of people just walking around doing things and people are going home downstate and like, People are doing things in the morning. People still live there, so they're just sitting on the couch in the living room. I'm trying to like be sick by myself, you know, like away from everybody. And uh, I've got people talking to me and trying to offer me food and do things. And it's just, I felt very awkward and out of place because I was just like trying to be alone and kind of like do my own thing, because that's kind of what we do with the is We try to like, you know, we're very secluded people. When we want to be like away from people, we want to be away from people. And so every moment somebody walked in the room, I'm like, please don't sit down and talk to me. Like, please don't sit down and talk to me. So like I just that's all I can think about. And then every Every time I think that somebody would sit down and like start saying something, so I'd have to get up and move and then it would make me nauseous. It was just this never ending cycle that whole day. And I just, I wanted everybody to kind of get on the same page with me here and realize like it was so shitty. Like it was a such a shitty day for an emetophobia person and a emetophobic. And I just. I, I fucking feel like I I did very good. I feel like I, I really did. was...
1: You did. A, a good
0: dude, you know? We'll turkey it. We'll turkey oh, boy. It. Oh. We didn't.
1: We
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, I don't even remember what we were just talking about. I just went totally off topic again. No, you're again.
1: good.
0: We're just... ADHD, mind. Um, so... How is it... Let me think here for a second, because I lost my own train of thought. Um... Uh, has there been anything that? Hmm, I'm trying to think of how to word this, I guess. I guess what are the what are the most difficult things that you have to deal with on a daily basis with mymephobia Like, what are some things that really kind of come in the way sometimes? Is there anything?
1: Um, that, mm, I would just say probably when we go to families houses or even when i cook sometimes <laughs> he will be like did you look at anything is it okay and it doesn't happen very often but it it definitely in the beginning i was like babe it's fine you know <laughs> like I wouldn't poison you, but it's like at the same time, it's it's not about me cooking it. It's just about the food in general. It's not even about me. I need to, you know, you can't really make it about yourself and be mad and oh, does he he doesn't like my food or my cooking? No, that's not it. It,
0: Sorry about the truck noises. We're right by the road, so
1: sorry. (laughs) No, you're all right. It um. But no, I mean, not really. Uh, there was a time where he was running out of mints, yes, mm-hmm. and a couple of his mints were like a little bit damp because we had just gone on the boat the day before, and um, he just, yeah, he refused to eat them, and I wasn't like shoving them down his throat or anything, but I, I mean, he really needed them, and I was like, well, now, why... hold
0: on. Let me <laughs> let me say something here, because I want to talk about what it's like to have a significant other when I have a metaphobia and they don't, because in that situation right so so my girlfriend here is a very like saver she likes to save things so like if or she likes to use every last bit of something before she moves on to the next thing and you know as a metaphobics that When we have like, say I have like three sausage links left in the package, I'm going to just throw those fuckers away. I'm not eating those three sausage links that could just potentially get me sick for no reason. You know, it's like, but most people will be like, well, we'll just throw those three sausage links in with the bacon and just cook all of it. But it's just like stupid shit like that, where, um, for me, it's like no big deal. I'll just throw like the end of a box, a bag of chips away or a box of chips. And everyone's like, you're going to eat that. And it's like, no, I'm not going to eat that. Are you serious? But it's just little things like that where.
1: Oh, oh, here. Sorry to cut you off. but I, 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 I just remembered something. So um, when we, I guess it just depends, I guess for some people, like I'll spill some chips on the bed or some candy and I'll just put the chips back or candy back in the bag because it's right on the bed that we sleep on and he will refuse to eat it. And well, I'm, I'm like, over there's here, cat like,
0: hair on the bed. There's, there's nothing. I made sure there on was the Nothing. I walk around on that bed sometimes. I don't know what's on that (laughs) bed. There's crumbs in there. No, it's
1: never a problem. I'm just... I guess it's just more me being like, oh, come on. Like, I don't want to... Yeah, I am. I'm not a very good person. I think it works because you kind
0: of push me to do things I don't want to do sometimes where it's like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to eat the chips that were on the bed. I don't give a fuck. They're just pretzels or whatever. Like... No worries. And it's
1: a way of kind of like exposure, not exposure therapy, but um, just pushing myself like, to yeah, do things I don't want to co- do. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Being more I mean comfortable. using the five second rule here and there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I taught her about the five second rule as well. I hope everybody else is using the five second rule because it's awesome. So And to reiterate, it's whenever you have like a problem in your life or something you're trying to figure out, or even when I don't want to take a shower. I just count five, four, three, two, one, and I just do it. It's just that simple. That's that's it. That's that's all I'm gonna say about it. Um, but uh, let's 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 talk a little bit more about this really quick Okay. So going out to eat sometimes too Is weird for me because like I don't trust people cooking my food Especially like I've worked in kitchens I know how shitty the cooks can be And how like I mean I've seen people drop stuff on the floor And throw it in the fryer and then throw it in your basket And sell it to you, you know there's gross shit that happens in the kitchen That you just don't know about especially these small mom and pop restaurants And so I'm constantly ordering burgers Like trying to get out of my comfort zone A little bit more and like do like crazy shit But I think that it can get a little bit weird because, like, some of the restaurants we go to, like, I just don't know them. So I have to, like, almost feel the place out. And I, like, I have to order very generic food sometimes, which usually for me is just a burger because I'm like, how can you fuck up a burger? Um, But, yeah, it's been, like, kind of a problem where I overthink where we're going to eat sometimes because I'm like, ugh, I don't know about that place. I've heard, like, weird things about there. And, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It can be a problem sometimes with me. But it hasn't, hasn't really come up.
1: Um... Yeah, like just uh, the other day we went out to eat, and um, the place was really good. We we got really oh. good meals, but the table next to us, of yeah. course, had to order a burger, which Casey had ordered the exact same thing, which was a burger, and their burger came back raw, like it was gross, red raw, like they the were... guy
0: he had to go wash his mouth out in the bathroom because he was it it would ta- He said it tasted so bad.
1: Yeah, and and of course I'm. And that's that's another thing real quick about being the girlfriend of somebody with emetophobia, is that I sometimes take on the anxiety of <laughs> before he even can. I'm over here overthinking, Oh my gosh, he's not gonna wanna eat his burger now. What are we gonna do? Should we get him should we order him something else? Uh, uh, should I just stop at the store and make him something at home? Like should we just not even order it at all? And he's just over here like, No, oh, I'm gonna get the burger, it's gonna be good, like we're fine.
0: But I put myself in a situation that made me uncomfortable because I saw that go down. And I I mean, I cut, you remember, I cut my burger in half when I got it. I was like, I'm cutting her in Uh, half. I'm going to check it first. I don't give a fuck. Nobody's going to make me like not look at this burger because now I'm sketch. But it was a fine burger. It tasted really good. It was. I didn't get sick. I didn't even feel sick after I ate it. It was fine. It was a good burger. I think the first one, he, the guy probably ordered it rare or medium rare, and the guy just didn't realize that it was that red. That's kind of the what I what I say in my head to myself when I have those kind of situations, that I just think, you know, I just give it the benefit of the doubt, and I'm like, yeah, it was probably just to fuck up, and we're good. Mine's going to be fine. And it was. So um, putting yourself into shitty situations to make yourself feel more comfortable does work. I do it all the time, and it's been like a game changer for my life. I love like, pushing myself to do shit I don't want to do because like it's awesome.
1: Like, the 4th of July weekend, he went on the boat with my family. Yeah, and never, we been all, like never been on a boat like that. Never been on a boat. We went to the sandbar and enjoyed the 4th on the I water. I got in the lake.
0: I like I hate lakes. I hate water. I don't want to be around fish. I don't want to be in a lake with weird fucking diseases oh, and don't algae. Even, that's
1: not bring up my phobia. Yeah, her I've, phobia
0: is seaweed, which we'll talk about that maybe in one of these episodes. Yeah, yeah,
1: we'll definitely... But, um, day, but.
0: but definitely, yeah, I got in the water. I went underwater with my with her with her uh, uncle, and I got everything figured out with the boat, and, like, I learned a lot of stuff. I actually got my own little boat, and I went out by myself and went fishing for the first time. And it's just, I've really been pushing myself to do things that I usually wouldn't do because of just the fact that, like, boats make people sick, and everybody's drinking. I was on a boat. Okay, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I was on a boat where they had a giant, like, What do you call that thing with all the swamp juice in it? Like a big jug. Oh,
1: it was like a five-gallon jug. A (laughs) five-gallon, like,
0: bucket jug that had a spigot on the bottom of swamp juice, which is just a bunch of alcohol mixed with pineapple juice and champagne and a bunch of shit. So it's all just in one big thing, and it makes you super drunk. So imagine being on a boat full of people... That you're not really that comfortable around and you don't know really at all. And they're all just drinking this nasty green shit and getting super wasted. And you're like trying and to you're just on hope. A boat that's you're just trying rocking. to hope. Yeah, you're trying to hope everybody's <laughs> cool with boats. Like you're not sick on a boat. And nobody ended up getting sick at all. And the, only person Ironically,
1: got, the only person that yeah, did get sick was, was myself.
0: Was me, yeah. And, and,
1: and that's where it ties in too with um, the anxiety of taking on the anxiety of your significant other is because I, the whole like week or even weeks leading up to this, um, you know, getting gathering with my family, um, I was so stressed out for him and that I was just hoping that he had a good time. I was hoping that he would get along with people. I was hoping that people wouldn't get too drunk. I was hoping that people (laughs) wouldn't throw up. I was hoping... Like, there were so many things that I was overstressing about because I do have anxiety pretty bad so um but either way i'm just taking on this anxiety and he's just over here like ah, uh, yeah i mean i thought about it but like everything's fine we're just gonna see what happens we're gonna have fun regardless and i'm over here i feel like he's talking me down and <laughs> i don't even have the emetophobia that's so. <laughs>
0: that's completely where like my growth has been coming from though. that's like the proving is that i'm able to do these things now without freaking the fuck out because i can call myself down and say hey I'm in control, not who is around me. If I want to get off the boat, I can totally just say, hey, pull up to this beach right here. I'll walk back to the cabin. I don't give a shit. Like, I do not care. I I will completely make a scene for myself if I feel uncomfortable, and I'm just cool with that now. I think a lot of people are really scared to do things because they don't want to get in a situation where they can't be in control. And that's like the biggest thing. It's an OCD thing that we have where we want to be in control of every aspect because that's what makes us feel comfortable. Sometimes you just have to sit back and say, hey, I'm going to let some other people be in control and just see what happens. And nine times out of 10, everything's fine. So it's like you really just have to keep reassuring yourself that things are going to be okay. You're going to live another day. You're going to get off the boat. You're going to do whatever, whatever your situation is, your example, however you want to do it. But Uh, You just really got to just go for it. That's the thing is it's just it is that simple We kind of overthink it and be like well There's all these variables and it's this and this and this but it's just the simple fact of like Just get up and go out and get on the boat. That's what I did I just did it and that's really it and I was scared Yes, and I had some thoughts and I was like thinking about it But at the same time I was like i'm never gonna get this chance at this moment again like this This is the only chance i'll ever get to do like this So I just did it and it was amazing It was one of the best weekends i've ever had in my entire life and it was just awesome Even with getting sick, it was still the best weekend ever So
1: and that it, says a lot about your growth. So I'm yeah. proud of you. you. And a lot happened in that awesome.
0: weekend. Oh my gosh, there's a lot that yeah, went there down. Was. There was fighting, there was like <laughs> emotional stuff. There was crying, there's yelling, there was There was a that's lot.
1: with a lot of alcohol involved. A lot of alcohol.
0: It was pretty much only alcohol all weekend. So I mean, as an emetophobic, me being there is like a huge deal. So it's like I was there all weekend with a bunch of people who are like full on drinking all day and night. Like Heyo Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um yeah, so I think we're gonna cut this episode for now because I'm getting kind of over it at the moment, and I want to go inside. But um, it's been great. I really appreciate you coming on. We're gonna have to yeah, do yeah. Thank a you part... for
1: having me. I really enjoyed talking. With you. We'll
0: have to do a part two of this one. Um, you live with me, so we'll be able to do yeah. it whenever. <laughs> but uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you?
1: Um, yeah. Let me pull up my pull your shit up. Give I'm, yourself a little cheeky up. shout out here. Up. All right, my Instagram is um, greengal. It's green with three e's. Underscore G A L underscore. Um I think that's all I'm probably gonna tag for the moment. Uh there you go. No but worries. yeah, thank you guys um for listening.
0: <laughs> yes, this has been awesome. Um we'll do a part two. Uh we'll come back at you here pretty soon. I am gonna try to make more episodes, especially if my girlfriend can get involved a little bit. That'll be kind of fun to do it together. Um
1: oh also Feedback for if you do like me being on or not, so <laughs> yes. you don't um, unsubscribe from the channel.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, let me know in the comments uh, or leave me a review and let me know what you think about uh, the old lady here. You know what I mean? Isn't that what they call him? My old lady. That's what everybody says at work, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, my wonderful, beautiful girlfriend who's awesome and amazing. And Thanks. like, I am beyond happy with my entire life now, so <laughs> <Okay>. it's awesome. <laughs> Okay, um, I need to go inside and eat and do some things. So, you guys have a wonderful night. If you guys want to follow me, um, it's been a while since I've even given myself a shout out, but I think Instagram is the Podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook, um, the Facebook groups, um, over at uh, Emetophobia Support, I think maybe. I could be wrong, but either way, follow that one because that's a good one too. Um, and then. I do have a business TikTok if anybody wants to go. Actually, I'm not going to shout that out right now. I'll shout it out later. I'll think about it. But um, I don't know if I want everybody to know my business one yet. But all right. You guys have a wonderful day. Stay positive. Do things you don't want to do. Get better with life and grow. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace.